I'm going to read Isaiah 55, although we're only looking briefly at one verse in it. I'm going to read the whole thing. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David, see, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that do not, that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. For he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it blood and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine trees and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. Amen. Speak to us through your word, dear God. Amen. Please be seated. Whoops. Need to pray for the offering. Let me do that now before I forget. Nigel will tell me off. Father, thank you for the gifts that you give us. Thank you for the money that we have. Thank you that it is an honor to give back to you because of all that you have given to us. We pray that these, the monies that are given here, direct debits and other ways, will be used wisely and will be for the sake of the kingdom in this town and that many more people will come to know you through the work here at Brighton Road and all the other churches in the town. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, thank you. Sorry, Sean. At least I remembered it today. I always forget when I come. 
So, rather provocative title, a little bit perhaps, calling this Mysterious God. I'm doing the things. Mysterious God. I know there are a lot of people who are going through struggles and difficulties. I know so many. Those who are Christians, just going through tough times. And I was reflecting on the tension that we seem to have to have to hold, if you like, between seeking God, seeking to know his character, seeking to know his ways, which we must do, getting him to know getting to know him better, seeking his purposes, having the mind of Christ, all these things um, the word of God tells us to do. And yet, at the same time, accepting the truth that there is so much more that we don't understand of his purposes and of his ways. And some of them we shall never understand. But we are asked to trust him anyway. And we are asked to evermore worship him. And we are asked to draw close to him and seek to know him better and walk with him, whether or not we understand what we're going through and why we're going through it and why he doesn't take it away. One day it will all become 1 Corinthians tells us, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And we had that verse in Isaiah, didn't we? The Israelites have been in exile here, and they're summoned to return and be restored and be refreshed. And they moaned at him. They often did, didn't they? I'm sure they were saying, you know, why did you? I was thinking, why were you going? Why did you allow us to go into exile? Why did we have these tough times? But God reminds them, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are than your thoughts. The Israelites, when we look back and we read that, we think, oh, they were foolish to act as if they knew what God was thinking or planning. His knowledge and his wisdom were far greater than theirs. Why would they complain? Why would they moan at him? But we do just that, don't we, at times? Sometimes it's understandable, and we are asked to be honest with God. Um, and to pour out our heart to him. And I particularly thought today, well, we all struggle with this, not understanding everything about God, but I thought today particularly, and I don't, I don't know who's, who's here or who's struggling in particular, but I thought that this, would, this message was for at least one or two people who are struggling, even maybe with their faith, because it's just all too hard. And they don't understand. And perhaps in this simple message reminding us of the truth of God's word, um, maybe we can be encouraged to trust and to hold on to him, whatever we're going through.
Let's remind ourselves of a few things. We do not have all the answers. When I first became a Christian, I thought I did. You know, you become a Christian and you kind of, you get it all sorted and you think you know about God and it's all so clear, it's all so plain. But the more you journey on with God, and I've journeyed for a long time and I know many of you have too, the, the, the longer we walk with God, sometimes I think the less I understand of, I, less I understand, even though I'm getting to know him more, the less I understand. But he asks us to trust him anyway. We don't have all the answers. Um, but this is not to say... Oh, sorry, we haven't got that next bit. Uh, This isn't to say that we can't or shouldn't seek to know more than we do. Ephesians says, uh, Paul says to the Ephesians, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That was Paul's prayer for them. And we are to pray, as we said earlier, for more revelation and more understanding. We are to keep seeking him, even if we don't understand it, even if sometimes our faith feels dry and, you know, God seems a million miles away. That is the time, more than any time, to keep on uh, asking him for more of himself, more revelation. And this isn't to say, we don't have all the answers, but this isn't to say that we don't keep learning, that we don't keep reading the Bible, and that we don't keep looking for answers and seeking answers. To Timothy we read, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is our handbook This is where we will find him in mostly more than any other place where we can look and we can learn. And there's there's dust on a lot of people's Bibles, I think, this day and age. It's too easy just to take a sound bite. And and it's a reminder that we are to read his word and to learn and say, God, would you please reveal more of yourself to me? Would you help me to get to know you better? And of course, we can be very learned theologically. We can, we can be an academic. We can know, good, and good theology can take us only so far. That will never completely demystify God, if you like, and his ways. We will never know completely because he is God. Because he is God. But that isn't to say we shouldn't persist in prayer even when God doesn't seem to answer our prayers. I'm sure you, like me, have been praying for some things for ages, many times, years, and we're still not seeing the answer. So because God isn't answering in the way we want him to answer, and he's not answering right now, does that mean we should doubt him? Just because we don't understand why? No, we're encouraged to keep on praying. Prayer Yes, is a mystery, but God is God. Simple uh, truths 
this evening, but something I think I certainly need to be reminded of. That, that film, Bruce Almighty, and if some of you saw it, Jim Carrey gets to play God in it, and he gets everyone's prayers, like on an email, on a heavenly computer, uh, and uh, Bruce uh, answers the prayers about the lottery. Lots of, most people were asking for, you know, to win the lottery. Lots of people were. And so he answered everyone's prayer. But in the end, they only got about a dollar and a half each because there were so many people. Uh, and he answered in that way. But it's just a silly illustration. But, you know, God is God. He has his own ways. Not having the answer to all the terrible things that we see around us. And the awful tragedies that we go through and the pain and the hurt is so often a stumbling block to so many people. And for us sometimes, maybe. And many of us you know, say, and when I hear lots of people, lots of people who aren't, who aren't Christians say, I can't believe in a God who allows suffering like that. How can you believe in a God who would do that? I don't know if you saw or read the um, interview with Stephen Fry, um, comedian um, and author and presenter. And he was having a real rant about God. And he, he said this, he said, um, uh, the presenter asked him what he'd say to God if he died and had to confront him. In, an, in his imaginary conversation with God, Fry says he would tell him, how dare you? create a world in which there is such misery that's not our fault. It's not right. It's utterly, utterly evil. Why should I respect a capricious, mean-minded, stupid God who creates a world which is so full of injustice and pain? And pressed by Byrne over how he would react if he was locked outside the pearly gates. Fry says, I would say, bone cancer in children? What's that about? Because the God who created this universe, if it was created by God, is quite clearly, forgive us, Lord, for repeating this, a maniac, utter maniac, totally selfish. We have to spend our lives on our knees thanking him. What kind of God would do that? So he was really, really, he is really, really angry with God. And he couldn't allow himself to believe in a God like that. But you see, Stephen Fry doesn't know God. He doesn't know him. And even though we don't have the answers, and they, some of these things that he's, uh, set, he talked about in the interview there, even if we don't have the answers to those, and, and quite honestly, we, we, we don't and we can't exactly know why. We, those of us who are believers, we, we believe and we love God anyway. And we trust him. Anyway, Stephen Fry doesn't have a personal relationship. But if he did, then he would come to know and love and be loved by that God. And he would then be seeking those answers and getting to know that God more. But he's not interested in knowing him. But we pray for him that one day he might get to know him. Even though we don't understand, he is still worthy of our worship. And he is worthy of our total obedience anyway. We're, we're foolish, really, when you look at it, to try and fit 
God into our mold to make his plans and purposes right so we understand them, for his, his, his plans to conform to our plans in our little world. Instead, we must strive and seek to fit into his plans, whatever they are and why ever he allows things. Um, William Cowper, oh, sorry, where are we? Shall I go back? I always have this trouble here. Let's go on. They were the ones I should have pressed earlier, okay? William Cowper. William Cowper, you sing, I'm sure you sing the hymn. There's a, there's a hymn, Light Shining Out of Darkness. Uh, God moves in a mysterious way. Um, he, was a, 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 he was a poet, an English poet in 1731. And uh, he was one of the most popular poets of his time. But he suffered incredible bouts of depression. And that led him to, to try and commit suicide many times. And he became a Christian, but he wasn't healed from that. And he still struggled with it throughout his life. And he went into deep depression at times, and he still wanted to take his life at times. But God used him. He wrote amazing hymns. And this one, um, Light Shining Out of Darkness. Um, God, this is the first verse, God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. I'll read the rest. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. And the last verse says, blind unbelief is sure to err. And scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter. And he will make it plain. Bible characters, as we don't, uh, we don't have the full picture and neither did they. In the, in the Bible, the characters in the Bible, Old Testament or otherwise, they... Some of the Old Testament characters didn't have a clue why God allowed them to go through the things that they did. We think of, of uh, I'm really messed up with this, sorry. Um, we think of uh, Joseph in prison all that time, uh, not understanding, you know, he was seeking to do the right thing and to follow God. Um, he didn't understand why, but at the end he did, and God used him. Um, Abraham and Isaac, why, you know, why would God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son? Why would he do that? 
They didn't have the answers, but they trusted him and remained faithful. Uh, Zophar, one of Job's friends, said some truth anyway here. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They're deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. And Job, and I love that passage, when I was going through really, really tough times uh, in Japan, um, Job said at one point, but he knows the way I take, um, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. And, and they, those verses really spoke to me at that time. Um, and, you know, these, these are verses that we hang on to, aren't they? He didn't understand Job, didn't understand but he trusted anyway. And we all know the story and how God blessed him in the end. There's another verse in Ecclesiastes. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. The coming Messiah was a mystery. They didn't really understand. The prophets had revelation that God gave them, but they didn't have the full picture. Some of the prophets knew uh, a little bit and that, uh, that he was a man acquainted with sorrows and they gave hints uh, about his birth and how he would die, but they didn't have the full picture. But they still trusted God and carried on. Even when Jesus came... Not everyone believed, as we know. And even those who did struggled with who he really was and what a mystery, what a mystery it all was. Even the disciples who'd been with him and walked with him and seen all those miracles, they still struggled to understand Jesus, even though he was the fullness of God in bodily form. I'm sure John the Baptist struggled when, you know, he'd heard of Jesus doing all these other miracles and he didn't get him out of jail and he didn't prevent him having his head chopped off. You know, he, might, he must have struggled a little there. Even though he told his disciples he was going to die for them and he would uh, rise again, they didn't understand. It was a mystery. And of course, some of them, you know, they left, they left him, they deserted him. Um, because it was all too difficult. And for us too, sometimes it is too difficult. And this, this verse that we have, hopefully I have it next, yeah, in Romans, Paul said to the Romans, sometimes this can be spoken so almost glibly, if you like, but it is truth. It is truth. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I may have shared this before, but this verse was so um, special to me once when, oh, it was ages ago. I think when I was living in Hayward Heath and I was struggling, I think I was struggling with my sons who were being disobedient or whatever, Still, still are at times, but uh, I was struggling, and everything was difficult at home, and my mum was being really difficult, and 
I was at college and it was just all so hard and I just, you know, like you do sometimes, you just have to get out and I ran out, uh, run out, I went, got in my car and I thought I'll go for a drive and, and I went for a drive and I didn't know where I was going and I went down towards the sea and I didn't know where I was going and I said, God, would you please speak to me? And I didn't know where I was going and I ended up, I still don't know where it was, somewhere Eastbourne way, I think it was, or before Eastbourne. And I, I turned into a, a narrow lane. I don't know why I turned into that narrow lane, but I did. It just felt right. And, and I went and I ended up at a little church and um, I went in the church. I thought, I'll go and it was open and I'll go and sit in the church and, and I'll try and, you know, feel God's peace or whatever. And I went in the church and no one there, of course. And I marched up to the front and there was the big pew Bible. And on it was this verse. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I've missed out a strategic thing because all the way down in the car, that verse was coming to me over and over and over and over again. And and I was thinking, oh, you know, how can it be? How can it be? And then I got into the church and there was confirmed for me. It was so precious. You know, God is so precious the way he speaks to us and confirms things. I mean, he doesn't always but do it in that way. But we have to hang on to those times. Hang on to the, I keep a prayer journal. I did for about 20 years. That's how I got to write the book because otherwise I wouldn't have remembered a lot of things. And um, I look back over my prayer journal and when I'm down and I remind myself, yes, I didn't understand the answer I didn't understand why didn't, God didn't answer then, but then later on, ah, I see why. I just want to share this too. This is, uh, there was, I can't obviously mention any names or circumstances, but this really spoke to my heart. There was somebody who's uh, lost uh, a few children, miscarriages, and um, someone else had a, uh, was telling about their friend whose child was born prematurely, and um, we were all praying for this child, even though she was born, but she, she died, and it was hard. And the one who'd just been losing babies uh, wrote this to the other one. I'm sorry to hear this. Heartbreaking, but God gave them this intense but precious time. The doctors advised she wouldn't live, and yet she did for a short while. They got to meet her, Pray with her, hold her. We live in a country where our taxes pay for this to be possible. I thank God for her beautiful short life. I may have told you this before, but we have some friends in India who lost their child at the same time. They were in hospital, but they didn't have the same choices. They were discharged the same day, Christmas Day, with their child handed to them in a plastic bag. They are also Christians. Sometimes it seems overwhelming, the answers to prayer that we don't see. But the truth is God is God. Everything happens at his say-so. So reason or not, who are we to question him? Instead, we are told to turn to him for our comfort. And that's what I pray for you. And I thank God for your child's life. I thank God for uh, how beautiful she is and how we've seen answers to prayer her and for other people who continue to fight each day. Whether he gives or takes away, there is still plenty to praise our God for. And this was just a couple of weeks ago when she herself was going through such sadness. Now, we are not saying, and the whole, you know, theology of 
does God do these things, allow them, or whatever. Terrible things are terrible things, and I don't believe that God does terrible things. But even in them, there are things to praise God for and to still keep trusting him, trusting him, even we, though we don't understand. And just finally, let's go back again. God is so great. We started in the beginning, how great is our God. God is so great and we are so small. And there's a, there's a book I read once, Your God is Too Small. And we bring him down to our level so often. And a fresh vision of the greatness of God will help us leave things in his hands much more, I believe. Omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, omniscient omnipresent how can we with our minds understand him and his ways completely psalm 8 what is man that you are mindful of him much is a mystery much is a mystery but he does give clues he does reveal things to us we can get to know him more we can keep walking keep seeking keep reading and if we lift our eyes to the magnificence of the universe you remember that the the eclipse last year i think it was um an example i mean you my i was just so i don't really understand how these things work but my 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 heart was so full of awe at this amazing this amazing thing that happened and how everything just works so beautifully and is so much in time and you know that eclipse i think i might have a picture here yeah um it brought people from far and wide and for one man this was his 17th eclipse he just kept going around uh, wanting to see eclipses and saying that it was almost a spiritual experience and and some people said it was a spiritual experience they'd come to marvel at mother nature but how many i wondered by seeing that were actually drawn to worship its creator, to worship this magnificent, awesome, incredible, amazing God. How many stop to understand the design behind this amazing design? I'm surprised that more people don't ask the basic questions about the origin of the universe and who started it. I mean, we're in our busy lives. We're so distracted, aren't we? And we just got to look to the heavens. Uh, I was watching with my grandchildren, Isaac and Lucas, uh, The Life of Pi, a film of The Life of Pi. And I was talking to them about other religions. And I was saying some people fashion gods out of wood and stone and metal. And then they bow down and they worship them. And he said, but who makes the people who make the things it's so simple it's so simple out of the mouths of babes and as we look at his greatness our hearts then are more overwhelmed with wonder that leads to worship and with all that was revealed to paul and he knew god well didn't he all the understanding that he had all the teaching that he had he 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 recognized the greatness still and the mystery of god 
and I'll read it. Romans 11 says, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counsellor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Father God, we how amazing that we can call you our Father. How amazing that you, the creator of the universe and amazing things, order amazing things like eclipses and the stars and the heavens and the beauty and the design of everything within in, in nature, the flowers and the trees and the snowflakes and the uniqueness of our fingerprints and awesome, amazing, wonderful, powerful God. How can we expect to understand you completely? But Lord, we struggle. We're honest, we struggle. We struggle with times when you don't answer our prayers. We struggle with the things that happen in this tra- terrible, terrible tragedies. And we say, why? You don't mind if we ask you because you prefer us to talk to you and be honest about how we feel like the, the psalmist did. You prefer that to, to just walking away from you because of it. But what we do know is that you loved us and you loved us with an everlasting love and that you sent Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that you came down to die for us, to show us the way. We thank you that because of that, we can say, Abba, Father. We can, we can know our God. Thank you for the things you do reveal. Keep us seeking, keep us searching, keep us reading. Keep us loving you, even when it's tough. And we come to communion now, and we remember this great mystery. God in the flesh, to die for us. And somehow, when we come to the cross and we say, Jesus, I don't understand everything, but I know that you died for me. And when we did that, we, we have a restored relationship, we're forgiven. And we are so grateful. We are so grateful. Speak to us even through the bread and the wine this evening about your amazing grace and your love and your greatness. Amen.